Sometimes you just can't get there. I could begin my story with a rundown on all the terrible things that happened on my journey. However, I'll just take it a step at a time and introduce you to the various events that led up to my, to me boldly titling myself the worst solo sailor in the world. I begin really in the middle of my journey, just accept the fact that everything went wrong at sea. It didn't all happen at one time, one catastrophic event. No, God played it out a day at a time. About the third week at sea, I was living on cold cans of Spam and ravioli because I had no way of heating my food. I was having a hard time finding out the weather forecast. My marine radio was broken. My satellite phone connection was sporadic at best. I had opted to not head to Panama, but to head up to the sailboat-friendly port of La Paz in Mexico. I even had my brother Mark contact them and reserve me a, a boat space at Marina de La Paz. I got within 111 miles of La Paz when a strong wind from the north came out and 20-foot swells appeared and my sailboat, missing its front sail, could not tack around the strong wind and my little motor couldn't even help me push toward my destination. I hove to in the middle of the Sea of Cortez. Now, hove to means to turn your boat into the wind and turn your tiller in the opposite direction to your sails. This forces your boat to sit still, theoretically. However, the current was so strong that I would hove to and go below to sleep, and when I woke, my boat was 20 miles further away from La Paz than the day before. I calculated that if the winds and the seas subsided, I had just enough fuel left to motor to La Paz. I tried three days in a row to go toward La Paz and failed. Each day I was farther away. On day three I figured I didn't have enough fuel to motor there. Oh, and the winds were still tremendous. I finally cried out, La Paz is just not worth it. Sometimes you just can't get there. That is my message to everyone. Sometimes in life you have a plan, a desire, a place you want to go or there is something you really want and it's just not going to happen. Sometimes you just can't get there. Garth Brooks, the country music artist, sang a song about thanking God for unanswered prayers. You don't know what God has planned for you, and sometimes it has to get pretty tough with stubborn old you to force you to another direction. Sometimes that hurts. I was not meant to go to La Paz. I was meant to turn 90 degrees and head to Mazatlan on the other side of the Sea of Cortez. I never planned to go there, but my fuel gauge said I could make it. The wind was in the right direction, and because of the current, I would go to sleep at night and wake up 20 miles closer to Mazalan. Oh, and when you hove two at it on the ocean hundreds of miles from shore, you can visualize yourself as a giant bobber on a fishing line, the waves breaking over your bow, even over the top of my boat. I got tossed and turned like a fancy Greek salad. Everything I had stored away below deck so securely was in the middle of the floor. I was thrown around so much my knees were bloody, my head had a huge knot on it. My pee bucket had turned over and I had urine all over me and my boat. I'm really stubborn and sometimes it hurts when God decides that there needs to be a change in your plans. I get angry like anyone else, 
but sometimes you just got to back up and say it's not meant to be I'm just not going to get there My first sailing lesson was in 1979. It was on my honeymoon at a club med in Cancun, Mexico. Learning to sail was one of the free activities at the club. I was immediately smitten with the sailing experience. Having a topless French female sailing instructor only heightened my memorable sailing lesson, albeit a slight obstruction in my learning curve as well. The next year I bought my first sailboat, a 14-footer with a leaky centerboard on a rusty trailer. I called her the home dinghy. We had fun sailing around the freshwater lakes of Tennessee. She was a step above a sunfish and loads of fun to hop on and get wet. It had a little cubby cabin for storage of beer. If we didn't make much headway, that was okay. A day in the sun was good enough. Life happens, of course, and change is constant. After a divorce, I bought my next sailboat, a brand new Beneteau First 285, or 28.5 rather. It was a fast boat with a wing keel and a Volvo diesel engine for auxiliary power. There was room for me and my kids, and we spent most every weekend on it. I got tons of experience running aground in the soft, muddy bottoms of the Tennessee lakes. I once had to put the engine on forward extra slow and hang off the transom to reduce the weight trying to rock off a low spot in the lake while solo sailing. One time I was sailing with a first time sailing companion and was hit by a squall. I was busy motoring into the storm and hauling down my sails when my companion called out to me from below deck that my floorboards were floating. A hose to the engine had worked its way loose, and hot water was pumping into the bilge. I took a swig of Jägermeister and headed below to figure out what was going on. It turned out okay, and the storm soon passed. In the late 80s, I got rid of my sailboat and moved to Houston. There, I crewed with a crazy Cajun by the name of Captain Ken on his 40-foot Morgan, the Premium. He would call me early on Saturdays or Sundays and whisper, Hey, wind's up! An hour later, we'd be out there in Galveston Bay sailing, usually until midnight. That is where I truly learned the remarkable feeling of the freedom that you get when you turn off the engine and pull up the sails and the wind is free. We used to always say, the wind is free. Setting goals. I'm a natural born goal setter. I make lists every day and check off the projects completed on the list as I do them. Setting goals helps keep me motivated and moving in the right direction. I usually put a few easy items to accomplish on my list along with the tougher ones. That way I can motiv motivate myself into checking off items on the list. Once you've knocked a few of them off, the momentum is there to keep going forward. On my boat, I had a, a paneled wall with room for seven rows of post-it notes, the little miniature post-it notes, one row for each day. 
I usually start my rows on Sunday afternoon or Monday morning along with my with drinking my coffee. I can add to the post-it notes, move them around when necessary, and throw them away when the projects are completed. It's great to see the rows dwindle as the week goes by. I also make a list of things to accomplish for the year. On January 1st of each year, I read over my list from the previous year, and then I write a new list of goals for the year. If I didn't accomplish something on the prior list, I decided if it was important enough to put back on the annual list. I went for eight years putting I want to take flying lessons on my list, and finally I accomplished the task. I normally only have uh, 10 goals for my annual list. I pull those goals from six major categories and try to have at least one goal for each category. Family, health, finances, education, travel, and religion. So under family, I may set a goal to see both of my children twice during the year. Health would be uh, to lose 20 pounds or get an annual physical. The finance would be investing in a particular stock, etc. I always try to learn something uh, new or get a new certification for my education goal. I once had the goal of getting my Coast Guard Captain's certification. Travel is elementary, of course, and the, the religion goal is not only reading the New Testament or the Old Testament, which I try to read uh, a page each day, but learning about other religions that I want to understand more about. Some of my, some of my bigger annual goals that I obtained were hiking the entire Appalachian Trail, running Pikes Peak Marathon, hiking the Inca Trail in Peru, climbing the stairs of the Empire State Building in New York City, getting my PhD, becoming president of a college, publishing a book, and sailing a 50-foot catamaran in the Bahamas and now solo sailing the world. Some of these goals, when I first put them on my list, seem insurmountable. However, I had experience back in the 80s that helped me understand the goal process. I had just moved into a new home in the Tennessee Hills outside of Nashville. Across from my house was a very steep hill, or a mountain if you will. It was wooded, and on the very top was a level spot. Every year, about the same time I was writing my annual goals, I would go to that behemoth and begin climbing straight up. I had to take it in phases. I would climb to a tree that I had picked out, and then on the high side of the tree, I would lean against it and rest. Then I would pick another, out another tree a little farther up and go to it and then rest. Taking it into little pieces, I was eventually... I could, would eventually make it to the very top and lay flat on my back on the level spot at the top and revel for a while in my accomplishment. That's how you take on big projects or insurmountable goals. Do it in little pieces. Don't think about the whole. Think about the little accomplishment or the tree right in front of you. The big goal will come along on its own.